Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 122 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Manny, do you know what today is? Uh, it's February 5th. It is National Shower with a Friend Day. Whoa, I didn't do that today. No, I didn't either. I showered alone. Shit, me too. Yeah. I may shower again today. Ooh. Twice for but by myself. So again, that's that's just I know. I might maybe I'll invite a friend this time. <laughs> it, it's apparently supposed to be like all about like chlorine in the water or something like that. I don't know. But it, it's an actual it's an actual real thing. I mean if you go Google like National Shower with a Friend Day, it is February fifth and there's like a whole message behind it so well when i searched national s uh, it was national sonic the hedgehog day mm. who came up first so people are looking into that <laughs> yeah it's uh tired of the polar vortex what the, what the fuck is going <laughs> on man I just thought you'd want to know because, like, I remember watching something and they brought up National Shower with a Friend Day on February 5th. So I literally set a reminder in my phone to remind me that it is National Shower with a Friend Day today. So. National Shower with a Friend Day activities. Consider mm-hmm. buying a new shower filter. <laughs> Follow the memes and videos online. Mm-hmm. Three, shower with an actual friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is so weird. This is so weird. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I, I I just thought you'd want to know. Yeah, I I have the National Shower with a Friend uh, <laughs> days of the week until 2025 in this article. So mm-hmm. uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday. Uh, it's on Wednesday in 2025. I'll keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, for next next year, February 5th is on a Saturday. Uh, sure, it'll be easier to get a friend to shower with. Uh, I I, also, I have a few more of these uh, in my phone just to remember. Oh like, shit! Like uh, May eighth is uh, National Have a Coke Day, so that's oh, well, uh, that, surprise! I that's every day. Yeah. For me. <laughs> you will definitely be <laughs> celebrating that one. I will be celebrating, but probably on accident. <laughs> uh not on accident. Like you're celebrating Coke every day. I that's true. I am. I wear a Coca Cola <laughs> winter hat. In fact, so I'm yes. extra celebrating in the winter. <laughs> So, yep. Uh, yeah. I just, I just thought I, that one's just so stupid. I had to bring it up. Yeah, that's asinine. <laughs> so yeah, that's just starting the podcast right off. Just by... start, starting it <laughs> off right. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, all right. I'll let you talk about this uh, first piece of news. Uh, Judgment mm-hmm. uh, from your favorite studio that makes Yakuza is coming to the PlayStation Five, the Xbox Series X, and Google Stadia on April twenty third. Now, this is cool for people who have not played Judgment, because they should, because it ruled. Uh, But also what it means to me, probably, is that maybe they're going to make another one. Uh, This also means that if you if you only play PC, your only option is Stadia. And that is funny to me. Mm, That is weird. I wonder if there will be a PC version because there is a PC version of Yakuza 7. I mean, there's no reason why there shouldn't be. That's true. Um is maybe there's is there already a pc version of judgment i'm pretty sure no i'm pretty sure judgment the only way to play it will be stadia for right now i think it's a stadia exclusive. uh okay no it does seem to be coming to pc because in this article it lists pc and stadia okay so maybe i'm wrong uh it is 
nope, I have no idea. We'll never know. Okay. Yep. Because some articles say PC, some do not. See, like, PC could also mean, like, Stadia, though. Well, but they say PC also Stadia okay. in these articles. Uh, so either some of these people are incorrect or... I'm, we'll just assume no PC at this moment. Uh, yeah, I, that that's what I'm... Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm on the Wikipedia page is what what I usually do. It says PS4, PS5, Stadia, and Xbox Series X. Well, that shit is whack, but that's fun. I so like there's not much that game can really update. Like obviously it'll run at 60 frames a second probably, but other than that, they're not going to like upres the textures or anything. I thought I it looked think. pretty good anyway. It's, no, yeah, but I mean, like, other than that, there's not really anything they're going to do to this other right, than right. it'll run faster. But I just hope that that means that, like, they are probably gauging interest in a second one. Uh, sure. Um, which I don't know how it sold, but I, I assume it did fairly well. Uh, pretty well, and the main character is, like, one of the most famous actors in Japan mm. currently, so... Um, that would be cool. Yes. But I don't know if they're going to base it off ju- uh, j- Japanese sales. I mean, like... Uh, I mean, they usually do. For, oh, really? For Yakuza? I... I Whether they're going to, like, release this... Well, I guess that would make sense, because, like... I, I guess I'm just thinking, like, Japan, like, the... the Usually, like, the, the American sales are, like, just kind of, like, so much bigger than the Japanese sales, uh, but... Um, yeah, I mean, well, for for zero six and uh seven that's true right but for one two three four five dead souls ishin ishin 2 and Mm -hmm. the 12 psp games that is not true Sure. sure so who knows um anyways the next one is fucking dumb uh-huh. Google Stadia is closing down their internal studios and they are making a focus on like getting third party partnerships, which is what they should have done in the first place. Uh, so now a bunch of people lose their jobs. Right, right. And it makes me uh, have less faith in Stadia continuing on as a Google project than I previously did already. Um. I have a feeling we're just going to forget about Stadia in the next five years. Uh, I mean, I forget about Stadia now right. until in release articles, they're like, it's coming to Stadia. Mm-hmm. And my immediate thought is, oh, that is still a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think this is dumb because like from it from the outset, like after the f- abysmal launch week of stadia or like launch month and like no one had it and they were like oh this isn't doing that well and we have no games it was like well this already seems like one of those projects that google will immediately can yeah yeah um i i mean it's really tough to break into games when you have steam you know nintendo piece you know xbox and you know sony i mean like pretty much all the bases are covered i mean epic is literally only really kind of making some ground in the pc market because they're giving away free games like every month yeah but like it shouldn't be hard for google to break in like i google could afford development studios google could afford to do better with this like that's what i think is fucking wild well google is like they don't try at all i mean they're they went for something different I, I i get like partially i get why because like why compete with another console but like people are just not that into streaming 
Well, but they also they don't market it either. No, they. I, so like, I mean, when you're Google, you have a pretty big marketing budget for this, and you use zero percent of it. Like, I that seems wild to me. I do feel like I see quite a few Stadia commercials. Oh, really? I I never see Stadia commercials. Yeah, but like when you're watching YouTube, do you just have like ad block? I uh, I do, but I mean, you would think that they would advertise that on Twitch. And you can't block ads on Twitch usually. So I see a lot of ads on Twitch. I see a lot of ads on YouTube. But that's because I that's because I just watch them through like the the YouTube app on my TV. And that would make sense because they don't have to pay for that because they own YouTube. Yes. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. It just is weird. And like I it also doesn't seem like they're like making deals to bring it to stadia not that it's hard for developers to do that they just have to be like ah yes it's already a pc game right and and maybe this judgment is like a stadia like they specifically got the rights Mm, maybe uh you know like the pc rights so like maybe Mm -hmm. this is their way of like and maybe that's what they're going to start doing is just buy like exclusive rights for, for a little <laughs> while. Uh, and because uh, like that, that went over really well for Epic. And, I know people love that. I've yeah. heard that uh, people, especially in the PC market, are big fans. They handle it very practice. well. Yes, everyone is psyched. <laughs> so I don't I don't know what their what their big plans are, but good luck to Google, I guess. I mean, I don't really care. I I genuinely don't. Yeah, I it just is baffling to me the whole the whole thing, and then like their like shitty messaging, and then how it still doesn't have ninety percent of the features they like announced it with is just like what do you what is this? What are you doing? Try, please. (laughs) I don't I don't know. Like I don't care either. But it's just like if you're gonna do something like this, at least like pretend to give a shit about the thing you made right where like nobody complains about the 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 xbox cloud streaming because like it's still technically in beta as far as it also works i was gonna say it works and also like you have other ways to play it as well so yeah because you can like do it on your phone too it's just everything everything about the xbox streaming is better that's uh so far well other than the fact that you can't use a web browser yet oh no it's only in beta, Manny. I know, but everybody has a smartphone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can just use that. Well, I mean, like, I would rather use a web browser than my phone. I guess, but can't you stream? You Can you not stream it through the app on PC? Uh, you might. I haven't. Uh, why would I do that? <laughs> would I have a well, Siri? No, why, why would you do that? You have a series. I'm just saying. I was. I. I would guess you can do it through uh, the can, Xbox app on PC. But I. You know. I, I, I. You might be able to. I haven't looked into it because, like, as I said, I have a Series X, so I. I. I don't know when I would do it, but it's. Well, yeah. Also, if I'm already on my PC, I'll just mm-hmm. install it. But yes. like, well, either way, mm-hmm. Google's dumb. That's mm-hmm. my hot take. I did get uh, to try that one game. Oh yeah, Mortal's Phoenix Rising. Mortal Phoenix Rising. Cool. I didn't. I didn't have any issues with the Stadia aspect of it. <laughs> um, I the issues. game let you down all on its own. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it was fine. The game was fine, and I probably will p- pick it up at some point. But we're not talking about Stadia now, so we're just no. But I got that. Ge- oh my god! All the footage I saw of that game, I could not have been more put off by a, a game's footage than what was shown there. Uh, what do you mean? It's just the Ubisoft open world game. You love those. Yeah, but except with 
the least funny dialogue I've ever heard in my life constantly playing at all times. I bet there's worse. I I don't know, man. That shit I could not take. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just if I if you gave me some time, I could probably come up with. Oh, something. I mean, we could definitely find something. I'm <laughs> sure, but I'm just saying, like for a AAA game that's mm-hmm. coming out of a major studio, that shit was whack. So I don't know. Yeah, and the jokes were weird because like they would be like, like kids wouldn't understand it. So yeah. like, so it's one of those cases where it's like, who's this for? Like, who's, who's this? Who, who is who, this for? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as far as I understand, like the actual game, if you just kind of like those kind of games, like it's actually not bad. So mm. mm-hmm. uh, in other news, the God of War PS5, like the God of War is getting a PS5 enhancement uh, and it's out. It was out Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. Wednesday, I think. And it, uh, it's cool. I don't know. The mm-hmm. 60 frames a second for God of War on PS5. Uh, that's, that's cool. I mean, because they had already put out a patch to like really half ass it right. where they unlocked the frame rate. <laughs> so it wasn't super consistent. So mm. they locked it at 60 now, I think and did something else, but that that's cool. I mean, if you can just enhance a game and make it slightly better for your console to give people slightly more of a reason to have it, you know, do, do your thing is in God of war. Is that on that? Like PlayStation plus thing uh yes it is so okay yeah because it's i like this patch is free like you don't have to it doesn't cost anything you can just you just get the enhancement so yeah 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 which does not surprise me because like cory barlog is like actively against all dlc Mm, but also also like it seems like the only reason they charge for spider-man is because it is like vastly different Right. Like it's like actually updates the textures. It does a bunch of stuff. Whereas a lot of the, these free ones are just like, oh man, we just like tweak the value. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's cool. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, and remember how we've talked about like Spider-Man and how he looks different now? Yes. Peter Parker. I, I listened to kind of funny and they had like the, like the lead developer on. Mm-hmm. And I guess like the reason why they did it is because it, it, it sort of looks more like the voice actor, but it, in the long run, it's just going to make things a lot easier for them to be able to map his like the like his the, like map the facial features and stuff. Yeah, that's what they had said. He looks closer to Yuri Lowenthal, which um, I don't know if that's the case, but I guess it does just make things a lot easier for them. Yeah, in the long run. So that that was why the, the they made that change. So mm. uh, I don't like it, but I ex- well, that also. It. That is also weird because why wouldn't you have just done that in the first place? Uh yeah, I don't know. Because um, if it's e- if it's easier, I mean, you would think you would do it at the beginning, but I, who knows? Uh yeah, maybe they weren't really taking advantage of you know face- facial capture before. I don't know. Uh yeah, that might be the case because I know with Horizon Zero Dawn they didn't do any facial capture for the actual game, but then when they did DLC, they did facial capture. Hmm. So I mean, maybe maybe they're finally getting into doing that i don't know yeah maybe um and then i want to do this i'll do mine first and then we'll get into the 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 other one uh there's a prince of persia update manny i don't know if you saw this from twitter (laughs) i did well i didn't see it from twitter i saw an article it doesn't have a release date anymore i'll read exactly what they tweeted out 
Okay. Uh, since announcing Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake in September, we saw an outpouring of feedback from you on this beloved franchise. It mm-hmm. is your passion and and support that is driving our development teams to make the be- best game possible. With that said, we have made the decision to shift the release for Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake to a later date. This extra developmental, this extra development time will enable our teams to deliver a remake that feels fresh while remaining faithful to the original. We understand we understand the update might come as a surprise and we will continue to keep you posted on the progress of Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake. In the meantime, we want to thank you for all your outgoing support. Uh, I We saw an outpouring of feedback, Manny. Yeah, yeah we heard a lot from gamers. <laughs> They're just like CD Projekt Red. They heard from a lot of gamers. Uh, what? I don't even, what does that even mean? Like people I, were just like, this looks like trash. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. That, yes. I, okay. that is exactly what happened. Because that's what everybody said. No one had anything positive to say well, about because it. Because it just it looked like the fucking original game. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's already been re-released. Dog, like, what what do I need this for? Who is who's this for? Um I don't know. But the passionate Prince of Fergia fans. Mm-hmm. That, yes. So I just had to read that because it made me laugh when I saw it, an outpouring of the feedback. Fuck, I mean, yes. <laughs> Uh, because yeah, there was definitely an outpouring. None of it positive. None of it positive. Yeah, but it was support. <laughs> sure. <sighs> it's like when you get a dislike on a YouTube video. It doesn't matter. That's still uh, an interaction with mm-hmm. your content. So positive. Yes, positivity. <laughs> uh, okay. And then the last one here, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, comes mm-hmm. out on May fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Uh, Mass Effect two and three are basically the same. Uh, uh, they're they're like upresed, and also the three has like the canonical, like it canonically, it is just like the uh, added version later. Mm-hmm. That they added like they added the DLC later. Yeah, uh, canonically, that is just in the game now. So yeah, uh, so one is the one that is getting a lot of changes. It mm-hmm. looks like. Uh, they basically just put out like a bullet pointed list and the major things were that they are trying to modernize the shooting to a certain extent. Um, but also that the Mako will get reworked controls, mm-hmm. uh, which that one is the biggest one to me because that shit is not good. Uh, as we have talked about when we were replaying through mass effect um, and there's that bug that like you can't heal <laughs> and shit and you got to like save and reload <laughs> to get full health. Like, I, I don't know if they're going to work on that, but I just think that like, yeah, I, th- I think Mass Effect 1 is really cool. And as someone who had played it with you and then again by myself the after that within the past like two years, um, it still like kind of holds up, but I can see why they would want to try to modernize it, especially if it's like all three in one package. Right. Like if it's closer to what Mass Effect Two was, like that—that's cool, I guess. I like as I said, um, I think it's one the best RPG of the three. I mean, you can't even really. No, that I mean, that's true. Yeah, and I, I think it has the best standalone story. Like that's that's true. Yeah. Oh, I two has like better, just like short, like shorter, like smaller store condensed stories with like the character missions, the loyalty missions. Mm. But I think like, if you're talking like story arc among like one, two, and three, I think one has the best like actual story arcs. So. Yeah, that is true. Um, I also hope that they do something with the inventory management in that game because mm. it is abysmal. 
It is fucking awful. It feels like a PC game from the mid 2000s. It does. And it's just like my inventory would fill up constantly Mm -hmm. with a bunch of bullshit I was never going to use. And it was like, oh my God, this sucks. So I hope they just have like a quick select to dump all your shit or something. I kind of hope they just, they make it so like all three just kind of like just flow into each other. That's what I want. Oh, they would have to like totally redevelop one from the ground up for that. I think I know. I know they're definitely not going to do that on an EA remaster. Definitely not. Uh, but I mean that that's still cool. Uh, like I just the whole thing. I am excited for that. I will platinum Mass Effect two again. Um, because I am a psycho. And do you I think really like that game? Do you think one will have the thing where like uh, trophies and achievements actually give you like in game bonuses and stuff? Uh, I hope so. But I yeah, I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where I hope they just like put out more press releases as they go or something, because it's one of those things where like usually once someone announces a remaster like that's it until it comes out. Right. But this like there is actually something that could be said about the remaster, at least of the first one. Uh, Also, one of the DLCs will not be in Mass Effect one because the source code got corrupted and it's lost forever. Hmm. Uh, it was the Pinnacle Station, which I believe is the one. I can't remember if that's the multiplayer one or the one that ties it to two. I think that's the one where it, I don't even know if it's multiplayer. It might be multiplayer, but like you just or like, not multiplayer. That's it the, like it's like a run based. It's like a run based thing where it's you just kind of go in and you just kind of like do these like like very condensed like small runs type of thing. Okay, you're right. It, it is that one mm-hmm. and. I could not be happier that that was the one they lost Uh, because I hated that and all of the achievements related to it were fucking absurd Mm -hmm. and it also like wasn't very fun. No, it wasn't fun at all, but I mean like the gameplay and shooting in that game is not fun. So of course, like something like all around all about that is just not going to be very good either. So yeah. And like the plot surrounding it wasn't very good either. So that, that to me is not that big a deal, but I know there will be some purists who are kind of upset about that, but like it didn't have story. So like the, the DLC that ties it to two is still in there Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I, that to me is fine. And like two and three will have all the DLC, which like that rules because it means that in three Javik will be in your party, no matter what, which is how that game should have fucking been in the first place. Yes. Uh, And it has the, final dlc where you get to like hang out with all the homies before Mm. the end and there is like a combat arena thing in that one too but that is actually a lot more fun yeah because like the shooting's actually fun in three yeah and it's just like it is like a weird sporting event so Mm. like there's a crowd around you and it looks like a fucking laser tag arena oh i don't know that stuff that stuff was all fun and like i love all the dlc in two because it just adds zaid and kasumi and then like shadow broker is a very good DLC and like even the ones where like Shepard goes underwater to like talk to the Reapers and shit like they're all they're all cool enough. Mass Effect 2 also had a bunch of like smaller DLC things that came out for free that were nothing really but right. you could get some interesting weapons. There were a lot of DLC suits like I hope they put in the Dragon Age armor because that shit looks so cool. Uh, yeah so like I, I mean I, I love Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games of all time so like i will play through all three of these games again i will probably do everything you can do in two again 
Uh, and yeah, I'm just curious to see how they update one because uh, out of all of them, that one holds up the least in terms of gameplay. Right. So I don't know. That's cool. If it just has a, even if they just fix the cover system, like I'm in. What do you mean? You didn't like just like crouching <laughs> and like maybe you're going to be in cover. <laughs> yeah. Or just like running up against a wall and like maybe Shepard will do what he's supposed to. It's so fucking weird. I, it, it's so weird playing that. Cause like, God or not God, Gears of War basically like they just solved that problem for everything yes. moving forward. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Everyone was like, "Oh, this is how you do cover systems. We're just going to copy this. We are just going to shamelessly copy this." And that is basically all you saw for basically that entire generation of consoles is uh, cover-based shooters, just like Gears of War. Yeah, and I mean that's whatever yeah i I think that ended up being fine because it's a good way to solve that problem yeah i'm not complaining i'm just saying like give credit where credit is due oh definitely yeah because if it gears of war didn't happen i don't know if anyone uh it it definitely wouldn't have gotten solved that quickly so mass effect 2 and 3 would not have been as good of a game so no definitely not um yeah so that that's cool i'm excited there is a 150 dollar collector's edition that does not come with the game that i am maybe gonna buy we'll see Oh, that's because it comes with Shepard's helmet and it has uh, it's wearable and it is has an LED visor and you can have it be blue for Paragon or red for Renegade, depending Ooh. on your mood. Um, and that's so dumb that I want it. <laughs> you can tweet that every day and just be like my mood for the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I think that's so dumb and I kind of want it. But I, you know, one hundred fifty dollars is a bit much to not even get the game. Uh, it like I I hate those collector's editions because it comes with an empty steelbook case. Like mm. what the fuck? Just put the game in there. <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, and it comes with like a fake N7 acceptance letter to the academy. Um, the part that I actually do think is cool is it comes with two really neat art prints that mm. I actually do like, but I don't think that's worth one hundred fifty dollars. Uh, so yeah, that that is weird. Um, but have hey, you, you buy that from the Bioware store? Have you bought? a lot of collector editions in the past or would this be one of the the first no i used to buy a lot and now my goal is to not ever buy them Mm, because they take up space and i don't use any of it uh like i i have the super ultimate edition of persona 5 and persona 5 royal right I i broke my thing for royal uh but I mean, they come with a whole bunch of shit, just like the aesthetic of Persona. But no, I I used to buy special editions of games all the time, and it's like I don't even like steel books. So then it's like, oh, it always comes with a steel book, which mm-hmm. I don't even want. And then it's like I have all these fucking dumb action figures and shit, and it's like, what am I? I'm not going to display these. I don't have anywhere to display them. I they just take up space. What what? what? But a wearable helmet, though, probably not worth it we'll see probably not but i mean like if because like when are you gonna wear that uh all the time while i'm playing mass effect okay cool and then you don't even need to wear a mask out in public because i got a helmet on (laughs) a great great for christmas or great not for christmas not halloween halloween nope i would wear it on christmas too (laughs) great for all holidays great for all holidays uh you know fireworks on july 4th you know yeah i would buy an n7 hoodie from their store too and i'll just be like it's me shepherd and i'll say this is my favorite christmas cookie on the citadel (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it'll Mm -hmm. be a good time for you so it will be 
So yeah, that's all we really got for the news. There was one other thing that I didn't look into that much, but Kowloon Knights bought like 900 studios, including Gearbox. Uh, and I saw a lot of people saying they think it has to do with money laundering. Mm. Uh, I don't know that that's true, but they bought like, uh, oh, what the fuck? The studio that made After Party, Night Classes, Night College. Oh, okay. I can't remember. They bought them in like fucking literally 28 other studios or something this week, which is why I think people are talking about money laundering is because it's like a lot of studios and right. they also merged in a weird like mobile studio to be part of the original company instead of just buying them a bunch of weird stuff happening, but they own Gearbox now. Uh, the main thing to come out of that was uh, Gear- Gearbox will still be able to work with Take Two for, or sorry, Two K for um, Borderlands. Oh, oh so yeah. they'll they'll still be able to make Borderlands because I believe Two uh, K owns the IP and not mm. Gearbox. Uh, which like without Borderlands, Gearbox is just a pile of trash. I think so. Um, even with Borderlands, they're. Uh, they're not doing too hot no. with me at the moment, but you know, it's whatever. I did not care for Borderlands 3, and I know you didn't either. I very much did not either, but I bought the collector's edition. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. <sighs> uh, it was my second copy, in fact, just so I could get all the DLC because it was fucking cheaper. Oh. Uh, anyways, yeah, that's, that's all the news, I think. Um, uh, I did, I mean, we can briefly mention, I did see, uh, Jeff Jeff Keeley tweeted out that uh, I guess it was like during a sales call, uh, Activision Blizzard said that um, uh, Diablo, f- the new Diablo game, and uh, Overwatch Two will not be coming oh. out in twenty twenty one. So yeah, so I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen with Overwatch because like I don't know that that game can limp along for another year. I, like I, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. That just feels so, so beyond stagnant at this point. Like even people I know who love Overwatch well, have moved on to other things. And like they, what is the Over- last character came out a long time ago. What is Overwatch 2 going to do? It's going to be the same multiplayer. It is, but there will be a bunch of characters that come out at that time. So it will like revitalize the multiplayer scene and we'll have new types of maps and stuff. So okay. like it will revitalize it in that way, at least. I, I still think it'll, it'll, I think the second one will the it'll become stale very quickly. I I bet within six months you don't hear about Overwatch two. Mm, that's possible, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like everyone plays Apex now instead, even though that's not even a similar game. Like or Valorant. Like I feel like Valorant really ate Overwatch's lunch, especially recently. Well, and that's kind of expected, though. I mean, like, what well, it is it's a Riot game, but like it also like I, I don't know. Well, people an, just like it more. Well, and it's just newer. I mean, Overwatch came out in 2016. It's five years old. Of course, it's going to start feeling stale. I mean, I guess that's true, but I mean, like, people still play fucking CS:GO. I mean, not as much as they used to, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I mean, even like the pro scene of Overwatch, I feel mm-hmm. like is nothing now. Whereas, like, pros still play. I, I don't know. Like, sure, I just sure. never see Overwatch shit on Twitch anymore. Yeah. And then, like, even when we looked last week, it only had 20,000 viewers, whereas Valorant had over 100,000 right. still months after release. So, like, usually they take a huge dip beyond 100K. So, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's hard for me because I just don't watch any of that stuff. So, I don't pay attention at all. But and I, also, Blizzard is apparently having a shitload of internal issues as well. So, like, that is, yes, that is definitely true. Yeah. 
Uh, so good luck to Activision Blizzard. Um, I don't know what your big plans are, but it seems like 2021 is not your year. <laughs> but at least you'll have Cat Call of Duty, right? Uh, yeah, I love Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. So you ready to get into the games we've been playing this week? Man? Oh, yes. I can't wait to talk about the last game, but I'll leave Ooh. that for last because it's just so good. Okay, I'll just talk about what I've been, what I, what I played. Which I, I did play Hitman Three. I finished mm, that. But up. we were doing we're, Hitman Three at the end. So. Yeah, we're doing a spoiler cast for that. So on Wednesday, uh, one of the guys I used to play with uh, NHL, he messaged me on Facebook and he was like, "Hey, we miss you. We would like you to come back." And I was like, "Yeah, that was fun." And and then I got thinking about it, Manny. That was ten years ago. I used to play with. Him. Oh shit. Yeah, and that's not even like an exaggeration. I mean, it was literally like NHL 2009 to like 2012, 2013. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been like it's been a long time. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that would be fun to catch up, catch up with you guys when the game's on sale. I'll maybe I'll pick it up and we'll play. And then he's like, it's on sale right now. And I was like, oh, he got you. He, like he, he gets me every <laughs> fucking time. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, fine. So I, I bought it, and then we played uh, four or five games um i had a pretty good time we didn't win at all but you know it was fun um mm-hmm. i just did the the ea eashl which is where you just kind of like you pick a position and then you just play that position mm-hmm. uh because like that's just like the 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 fun mode i think um because like everyone like there's one person he's just like the dedicated center for that game and you know like i i'm the dedicated right winger for the game and you know someone's the defenseman or whatever so and i did fairly well actually for not playing any competitive nhl for several years so i had uh six goals and five assists in four games so i did all right and mm-hmm. uh, i'll probably play it some here and there i told him i was like guys i'm old i I can't play this like every night like I used to. So I also just don't have any interest in playing it every night, but yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably keep playing it. It was fun enough, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, I didn't actively hate it. So that, that's a positive experience, right? Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I would say NHL 21 was okay, but this is coming from a guy who hasn't bought NHL in a couple years. So I didn't feel bad buying this one. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell me about uh, Cyber Shadow, Manny? So I've been in a weird place with games recently where I've just been playing Hitman 3 mainly mm-hmm. and playing Genshin Impact and no games are really grabbing me or like nothing I really want to play is coming out. So <laughs> I decided I had to play things to talk about on the podcast. Mm. Uh, and so Cyber Shadow came out uh, a week ago, I think, and it is... It was published by Yacht Club Games, the people that do Shovel Knight. Okay. I apologize because I can't think of the name of the actual developer, but they, uh, Shovel Knight was I, apparently I have so it, successful. I have it pulled up here. It's Mechanical Head Game, uh, Head Studios. Okay, because they uh, apparently Shovel Knight was so successful, Yacht Club was like, we'll publish games now. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's cool if you're going to do that for indie games. Sorry, my cat is headbutting the back of my head right now, so it's a little distracting. Um... Yeah, so I, I don't know that I like Cyber Shadow. I'm in a really weird place with it. I played it for like an hour and a half today, and I got to chapter four, and I think there's 10 chapters. And it like it's supposed to be like original Ninja Gaiden on the NES. So it has like the 8-bit graphics, and you're a little ninja guy. Uh, but like, 
I don't I don't know if it's fun. Oh, didn't something come out a, like a year or two ago that was just like that as well? I uh, uh the messenger did, the, but the it's, messenger. it's a it's a lot different than this. Oh, um, is it? Okay. Yeah, so the, the the messenger was more going for like some weird shit where like the plot twist as it goes well. Well, the, it, I, I won't I won't spoil the plot twist of the messenger, but either way, like it had unique mechanics to it. Whereas mm-hmm. like Cyber Shadow is very straight, just like Ninja Gaiden, but like trying to be not quite as punishingly difficult as the okay. original Ninja Gaiden is known to be. Uh, so it's basically just like you're a ninja and you push a button to slash. Like you can't even crouch, which mm-hmm. I think is bizarre. Uh, so you just slash and sometimes you get power ups so that it, you have a longer sword or like I got one where I have this weird saw yo-yo around me or uh, a shield sometimes. But like those are just like consumable power ups that you get. And each major boss you get, you get a new uh, ninja ability that uses some of your magic. So right now I have three. One is I can throw a shuriken. One is I can like throw fireballs in the air. And the last one is I can like do a weird plunging attack to break through things on the floor. Um, And none of them really like add that much to it. So it's basically just like the kind of platforming that I couldn't stand in old Castlevania games where like you have an insane knockback on hit Mm. and then you fall down a pit and die in one hit. Oh, Uh, but it's not like as annoying as it is in Castlevania. It's not anywhere near as bad as it is in the original Ninja Gaiden, where it's like the most punishing bullshit on the entirety of this earth. Uh, so it's like in some weird middle ground where like, I don't know that I'm enjoying it. And I seems like people who really like original Ninja Gaiden are like, oh, this is too easy. Uh, but I haven't seen a whole lot of impressions. The reviews were kind of like uh, middling, uh, like 70s, I think, usually across the board. Um, and it has like an interesting enough story. Like you are in a weird cryogenic pod and you're it's in the future. The beginning cutscene explains nothing. Uh, basically just like a bomb goes off and then there are a bunch of robots. Uh, I have learned a little bit more about it and like your ninja clan was partnered with this weird Dr. Wiley type guy whose name I can't remember at the moment. And he ended up like going crazy and then betraying your clan and making a bunch of killer robots. And now he's trying to kill all of the remaining ninjas and steal their power so he can make himself stronger. Uh, but some little robot wakes you up uh, and is like, yo, save your clan, dog. And then you tr- try to save your clan and your master, who may or may not be alive, but is probably alive and is almost certainly the final boss. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. Like, I, I will probably try to finish it because uh, it was just easy enough to, like, have something on the other screen and kind of just, like, play without really focusing too much because there's not really story. It's just platforming. Right. Uh, and I also had a weird thing where it wouldn't let me use my PlayStation controller wired in like it knew a PlayStation controller was plugged in because it changed all the button prompts, but it just wouldn't work. Hmm. And so then I use the PlayStation controller wirelessly, which then makes it think it's it's a 360 controller. And then that worked totally fine. So I don't know. That's weird because I play Genshin with a PS4 controller plugged in. I play everything that way. So that seems very strange that it wouldn't work. And it's a platformer, so I wanted to use that D-pad specifically. Yeah, that's what I like. I uh, If I'm playing a, uh, a platformer, I usually prefer playing on my PlayStation for that exact reason. Yeah. Um, uh, how many hours so, do you think you're in? 
Uh, like an hour and a half, two hours. Okay. And I, I bet it's probably like six hours long. It's um, six, seven hours long. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. Uh, oh, so is it? I, I was actually going to buy it on PS5, but then I saw it was on Game Pass. And I was like, oh. okay. Um, so that's cool. So if you, anyone wants to give it a shot, I, mm-hmm. I just like, it's one of those things where it's so weird. Like, I don't know if I'm having fun or not. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I like the music. And then other times I like, oh, I hate the way the enemies hit me and mm-hmm. I fall because that's just something that's kind of become antiquated and platformers and like, doesn't happen anymore really. So it's just right. weird. Yeah. It just, it does seem like. Because like I I played the messenger, but I only played up until about the halfway point, and then I hit this mm-hmm. boss, and I literally couldn't beat it. Mm-hmm. So it does seem like that, but at least the messenger had like new abilities that you were getting, and it, like it had some things to keep it interesting. Where this yes, this just seems like a much more simplified version of the messenger. And like I, this actually makes me want to play the messenger, which I have on Epic and I think every other platform for free at this point, because mm. like that world is cool. And they told an interesting story, like so yes. much so that they kickstarted a turn-based RPG. Mm. And like now that studio is independent and making a turn-based RPG in the same universe as the messenger. So oh, like weird. that, that world is cool. Whereas right. this is like, it's literally like a Nintendo game where it's like, Oh, we give you minimal information in the story and it has some strange cutscenes, but it's not like doing anything wild or crazy to make it stand apart. It's just like, Oh, we thought Ninja Gaiden was cool. Here's a game sort of like it. Here, here you go. It so, seems like it's it made by one guy. Oh, that's, that's wild. Good for him. Then. Uh, Arn Hunziker. So, like, it, it seems like he might have gotten some help with, like, the music. Yeah, the composer is somebody different, but, like, the director and designer, it's one guy, so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he has a lot of experience before, but maybe, like, this is his first game, which, I mean, if it's his, uh, no, I guess, I guess he has done, no, I don't know. I have no idea if he's done anything else or if this could be his first. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird one because like there have been other games like this, like Mark of the Ninja and like I said, the messenger are like similar right. in that you play as a ninja, but they at least added weird new things to their like gameplay mm-hmm. to keep it interesting. Whereas this, it's just like, oh, this just feels like an 8-bit Nintendo game. And right. that is for some people, but it, I don't know that it's for me, you know? So, yeah, that's what I played. But I also played something else, which is the Balan Wonderland demo. Matt, let me tell you about this. I, a week ago, thought to myself, you know, Balan Wonderland seems weird. Maybe Mm -hmm. when it comes out, I will buy it. And then I played this demo and I will not be doing that anymore. Uh, so people may know Yuji Naka, who is a very, uh, famous programmer who used to work at Sega. He did a lot of programming work on the original Sonic, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Uh, so good, he does good work. He does. He was the lead on Fantasy Star Online. Hmm. Uh, but then he also oh, made night. No. He also made Nights into Dreams, which is a shitty garbage dump. Mm-hmm. And I have never liked Nights. Uh, and then I... You know, Knights was like they let him do his thing, and it's like what his vision is. And this feels like that. And boy, I really didn't like Knights. I didn't like when they tried to reboot it on the Wii. I thought the game was awful. This game is fucking. It's something else, dude. Okay. 
Is but it like I'm, a 3D platformer? It's a 3D platformer, but okay. let me let me ask you these questions. What do you think X does? Um, if it's a 3D talking a PlayStation controller. If it's a 3D platformer, mm-hmm. then it should make you jump. Okay, correct. What do you think Square does? Um attack. Nope, it makes you jump. What do you think Triangle oh. does? Uh, does it make you jump? It makes you jump. Circle <laughs> also makes you jump. Oh. R2 makes you jump. L2 <laughs> makes you jump. The only two buttons that do not make you jump are fucking L1 and R1. Because, okay, technically they don't always make you jump. Because the whole conceit of this game is you get these weird costumes. And then each costume has an ability. So when you get a costume, then every button does that thing's ability. Oh, so sometimes you can't uh, even jump. Sometimes you can't even jump. That seems it's weird. And so you can have three abilities at a time. Um, and then if you get hit, you lose that ability. Uh, and then you only have the other two and you go back to the previous checkpoint. Uh, sometimes there are checkpoints where you can like go in and pick the costumes from earlier in the game or whatever. Um, and so like in concept, I looked at this and I remember when it was announced on a Nintendo direct for the switch and thought like, this looks terrible graphically, but I, Yuji Naka usually tries to do weird shit. And so I could be into that. And then I heard about this demo and I was like, what the fuck? And so I had to try it for myself and it is, it's so bizarre, but other than that, every button makes you jump. It makes you jump shittily. It feels awful. Like, and the, the movement, it feels bad. Like there is too much time to take you to get up to full speed, which is then even too slow. And everything is dancing. Everything is dancing, Matt, all the time. There are like these weird animal creatures that are dancing. And then if you get too close to any NPC, they disappear. Oh, no. Uh, And so each world, it seems like, is trying to tell a story of a person and you're trying to help them out. So the first world which is fully featured in this demo is about a farmer. And sometimes he'll just be sitting there at normal size. Sometimes he'll be fucking gigantic like a kaiju and he'll be dancing around and you're like, what the fuck is this? And the world warps in a weird way. And there's also this weird effect that looks like someone is touching a touch screen happening on the screen at all times. Like, you know how on some touchscreens, like when you touch it, there'll be like a weird ripple effect, like to let you know you just touched there. Right, right. That's just like happening constantly at random on the screen. Hmm. Um, And it graphically, it looks like shit. Like it is it is bad, like early sub PS2 levels. Like it, it, it literally it literally looks like a Sega Saturn game, which is hilarious because Knights, his other famous game is a fucking Sega Saturn game. Where you played it on Switch? I, I played it on the PS5, baby. Oh no. Uh yeah. Doesn't have any haptic feedback. I know that was your next question. Does it use the controller to the full extent? <laughs> and the answer is no, it doesn't. Uh and it just it's baffling because I bet there were a lot of people who thought, like, oh, I'll give this a shot. And then they played the demo and were immediately like, oh, no. So Square could have just not put out this demo, maybe got a lot more sales, but they did bad and put out a demo and it sucks. Mm, right. And 
I can't tell if parts of this were cut out or not. So like you start and there's like an intro cinematic and you pick a boy or a girl and I pick the girl and she like walks out of her bedroom in this mansion and a bunch of like maids are like talking shit about her. And then she just like walks out of the mansion and then finds herself in this weird, freaky place called Balin Wonderland. And then the guy who I assume is Balin is like this weird cat in the hat like figure who looks kind of like knights. Uh, and he just like pulls them into this weird magic mystery world and there's no explanation. And then you're just like there and they're like, OK, do the stuff. And there's not really much of a tutorial, not that you need one because every button does the same thing. But then like you're collecting these gems, like why am I collecting these gems? You're collecting trophies. Why am I collecting these trophies? After the stage, you can feed these gems to these little chicks. Why am I doing that? What does that do for me? Uh, Why are you still playing the game is the better question. Well, I beat the demo. I had to beat the demo. Uh, Did you? You Yeah, I did. I beat it. Because like so I like feel you, like you, you could have been like, okay, I'm ten minutes into this, I don't ever want to think about this game ever again. No, I had to keep going. Um, and so I beat the first world, and then they give you one level from the fourth world and one level from the sixth world, mm. and I beat those two. And the further you get, the more it sucks. Because like the after obviously in worlds four and six, you there are more platforming challenges with real enemies, and that makes it worse because it feels like shit. Uh, and so I don't really know. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, but I bet you anything, even though it looks like trash, it will not run right on the Switch, and that will be really funny. <laughs> Uh, like I, this game is going to review so poorly. Like it's going to be bottom of the barrel shit, like forties probably across the board. Like it's, it's bad. Oh, uh, let me get the tweet. We're going to get a tweet here in a couple weeks. <laughs> Since announcing <laughs> Balin Wonderland. Uh, it's, oh no, they're going to put this out. Oh, you think uh, they're going to put this I, out? I bet it's probably already done. To be honest, I, isn't it supposed to release next month? Uh, yeah, I think March. Yeah, I so like, I, I don't know. This is the kind of game where like, I think it will be basically free very quickly. Mm. So I don't know. March. But I, I just like, I need to know if there were parts of the beginning that were cut out. And I need to know if there is anything different about the final product or if like, this is what it is and this is what it feels like. Because it feels bad. It's March 26th. And mm. looking at the platforms, it's not coming out to Stadia. Oh, shit. I know. Well, it's going right up against the other Hot Switch exclusive that releases on that day. Monster Hunter Rise. And the same day as Kaze and the Wild Mask. So I'm going to say no one should buy Balan Wonderland on March 26th because holy shit. I, like, I can't wait for reviews for this game because I just want to see people tear it apart. Like, I, it's insane. And like, I don't understand how people keep fucking letting Yuji Naka be the producer on this shit. Like, I, it, it is wild. Because, like, when he was the producer on shit like PSO and, like, Billy Hatcher, like, that's fine. He's the producer on Shadow the Hedgehog. That's terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But it's just like any game that is like his vision has been not good so far. Like Knights is terrible. I think it's a just a terrible game. Uh, and then like the sequel to Knights on the Wii, I think is a fucking terrible game. I don't even know if he was part of that. Right. Is this like Knights it. into Dreams? Is that what Knights into Dreams is the uh, the sweet Sega Saturn game? Yeah, I'm not seeing Knights on. Well, Knights into Dreams was 1996. That's no, I'm the... saying like you're talking about Knights, and I was just trying to look and see. I can't even oh, find yeah. it under like games that he was a part of. Yeah, so I was wondering it's... if it's Knights for Knights into Dreams, or if that's something separate. No, yeah, it is Knights into Dreams, and oh, okay. it's a fucking garbo game. It, I think it's terrible. Um, uh, and like, he apparently worked wanna... on some of the fun Street Pass games. You so, don't even like... want to know what the aggregate score is for Knights into Dreams. Oh, I bet it's pretty high. Uh, 89. Yeah, I fucking hate it. Uh, I also, Jeff Gersman of Giant Bob fucking hates it because it's a bad game. No. There's nothing there's nothing to the gameplay and it sucks. So like I and I bet anyone going back to play Nights into Dreams now uh, hates it as well. So, you know, I feel pretty good about that. But yeah, like he worked on the Street Pass games that were DLC and like those were OK. He worked on Digimon All Star Rumble for the PS3, which we played that that game sucked shit. Like I. Oh, but I, he, he I, also uh, let's tap. Remember that? Game? Let's and I do like Let's Tap. I you see. So it's just like he did a bunch of like he programmed and produced on a lot of quintessential Sega games. And then it's just like like most Sega games as they went further along, the worse they got. Mm. And it just seems like I, I don't know, man, like the transition to 3D, I think, was what really killed a lot of this shit. And it just, yeah, I don't know, man. Bale in Wonderland. I remember when they announced it in that Nintendo Direct, and I was like, oh, this looks fucking weird. And it looks like Knights. And then I was like, oh, it is Yuji Naka. And then, yeah, dude, it sucks. It's so bad. Like, I, I, I can't even, like, say something nice about it. It just was very bad. But the it was pretty funny when the giant farmer was dancing, and then, like he got corrupted by some weird evil tornado and then you beat the evil tornado and then he like dances with you, even though you're a small child and then everybody's all happy. It's bizarre and everybody's dancing all the time. I I hope there's context missing from this demo, but I am afraid that there's not. Uh, yeah. So that's what I did before the podcast. Today. Oh, you did that played, today. I played Balan Wonderland today. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry that you wasted your Friday. Oh, well, you know, I had to know. Now you do. And now I definitely know. Now you do. I will not be purchasing that product. (laughs) What if it comes out, it gets like 80s across the board? It can't. Unless it is a different game than this demo. Do you want to add that to our predictions? Uh, No. No? It's impossible to predict. Okay. It's impossible because you're going to have like a little you're going to have. Oh, sorry. It's not Balan Wonderland. It's Balan Wonder World. Wonder World. Okay. I thought people were misspeaking. Are you sure you don't want to add it? Because like you have a leg up on me because you've actually. No, I no No, because it's one of those games where it's so bad that I don't actually know where it would land. Okay. We will not add it to our open critic. 
this so that's this early peak left a lot teased and unsaid, but it's an early preview. So with that said, if this is the manatee, I'm pretty much all in for Bell and Wonderland's main event, says whoever played it from Shaq News. Who wrote this for Shaq News? Did you know Shaq is going to be a wrestler? What the fuck? Yeah, he's going to he's going to wrestle Cody Rhodes at in at the uh, pay-per-view coming up. TJ Denzer of Shaq News says he can't wait to play Bell in Wonderland. <laughs> what the fuck? You should probably warn him and be like, don't. No, he played it already. Hang on. I think I think Tim Gettys tweeted about it recently. I'm not going to be able to find it, but I think he said, oh, okay, quote, imagine a game where every button does the same thing, and that is jump poorly. <laughs> and it is from the kind of funny games cast which the thumbnail is Bell and wonderland and it says worst game of 2021 question mark okay good good <laughs> so yeah it sucks that's that's what i that's what i have to play i also am still playing beat saber and a lot of hitman so you know mm. do you think beat saber is going to be your your favorite old game of the year uh, possibly, yeah. Or it could be Mass Effect. Ooh, could be, could be Mass Effect if they don't fuck it up. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, I'll just take two as a re-release. I don't even care. It could, they could still fuck it up in some way, maybe. I, I don't know. It, at worst, it will be the same game. At worst, it just will not run. And it'll constantly crash. Okay, but that's like they can't do that. <laughs> they can do that. No, they can't. They can't. <laughs> can do that. Cyberpunk literally did that. Yeah, but that was a new game from scratch. Mm-hmm. So this is all they have to do. They, I mean, oh. at bottom of the barrel, all they could do is just put the PS3 version on a disc. Mm-hmm. Like, I, if it sucks that bad, I'll just play it on my PS3. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, no, you won't. Uh, You'll just play it on your PC because you have the PC. I do have the PC version, but it would be easier to play it on the fucking PS3 because of all the weird shit where they didn't have controller support in those games on PC, and you have to fucking mod it in. I would argue the easiest would just be pull out your Xbox mm-hmm. because one is on Game Pass, and two and three is on. Um, the ea access which you get ea access if you have game pass that is true but it's all already downloaded and all the dlc is installed oh on your on two and three on my ps3 okay so So then you don't even have to worry about it then exactly don't have to so then it would be the easiest the downside would be you'd have to touch a ps3 controller Mm, i wouldn't actually have oh you could plug in a dual shock 4 baby what about ds5 have you tried that i have not uh but either way i have a dual shock 4 that i could just plug in and use it wired so that is true Mm -hmm. uh yeah so i guess with that that's all we have been playing um and I guess I could mention I played the I played the medium for a half hour and went I'm kind of liking this and then just didn't play it again. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I as I said I've just been busy with with life right now. Just mm-hmm. I'm going to be busy until probably the 16th with just stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I will move into Hitman Three. Uh, we're doing a spoiler cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you want to do this spoiler cast? Do you want to just kind of go like level by level uh, or? Well, so this will be the world's shortest spoiler cast, yes. quote unquote, yes. because I can tell you the plot of Hitman 
all three right now. Yeah, I, that would be great because I, I don't remember ones and I didn't play two. Okay, okay. Uh, so just to start off, spoilers if people care about the Hitman plot, which it seems like no one but me cares about the Hitman plot. Uh, so I'll go over that and then we can that just talk about be. level. We can talk about levels and stuff. Because I think Brad was getting into the Hitman plot after two. He was like, okay, I'm really into this now. No, I do. I do like it. I mean, it doesn't like do a lot, though. So like that's where it kind of falls apart. Even there's a double is mostly story stuff. There's a double double cross in three of them. There is a double double cross. That is true. Um, so yeah, in the in the beginning of Hitman One, they and even in Hitman Two and Three, because they all use the same tutorial. Right. It is Diana Burnwood, who is a handler for the ICA, which is basically like a secret group of assassins. Uh, they she finds Agent Forty Seven. Uh, and says brings him to the ICA and says like, okay, we're gonna test him and we're going to make him an assassin, right? Uh, because she thinks he'd be good at it. And so he excels and does really well at all their tests. And they're like, oh, he might be like too good at this. Like, cause he has no emotion and he like, will always get the shit done. And she's like, no, that's, that's fine. I think it's good. Like I'll be his handler. It'll be fine. Uh, we'll do good work. And so they, they do that. Uh, and basically like this also continues on the story of the previous Hitman games where it's basically just like, yeah, you, you kill people, uh, with Diana Burnwood as your handler. Um, and where the plot really starts to go somewhere is at the end of Hitman one, where it is the Colorado map where it's like all of those serial killer people, or like they were like terrorists or whatever. Um, and you have to kill four people in that map. Uh, at the end, you have to go into a secret bunker where you find out that uh, the person who hired you is trying to kill specific people. So they are like basically using you to take down a shadow organization called. Uh, Oh my god. I've lost the thread in my brain. The fuck is it called? Uh, Pro- Providence. Providence, Providence. Yeah, they are they're trying to use you to take down Providence, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so you're like, "Oh shit, that's crazy, but also they're basically the Illuminati, right? Like they're people don't think they're real, but the Providence in the Hitman world is like the Illuminati and they control the world or whatever." Yes. Um, and so you find that out and you like then are trying to find the person who hired you basically uh, after that, even though you're still helping them. And then in Hitman 2, you basically track uh, the person who had been using the ICA to do all of these jobs. And that is uh, Lucius Gray. And he uh, Lucas Gray, sorry. And you find out through the course of Hitman 2 that he is the uh, another person who was made like Hitman 47 was from the same project. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you guys end up teaming up because you think that you should take down Providence. Uh, but to do that, you're basically like betraying the ICA because you're not supposed to like take contracts without them or like do hits without their knowledge or whatever. But Diana ends up working with you so that they can basically take down Providence, which then leads to at the end of Hitman two, you are supposed to kidnap the constant who is basically like the guy who, 
uh, is the leader of Providence more or less. And he like does all the sweet shadowy stuff behind the scenes. So the, the final stage of Hitman two is buck wild. It's like in this castle on an Island and it's just like this huge Illuminati party and you kill the people that are there two of the people that are there. And then you have to like escort the constant away uh, so that you can kidnap him. Mm-hmm. But he like has this weird collar where they could kill him at any time because they're afraid that he's like trying to get too much power or whatever. So even Providence is trying to kill him, whatever you escape with him. And then that brings you to the two stages, DLC stages of Hitman two, which is like you are using the constant to get you access to kill other people from Providence. And then Hitman three starts and, uh, you basically still have the constant, but he's trying to turn Diana Burnwood against you. Okay. Uh, which you would have seen these parts now, but uh, right. he's tr- he's trying to turn her against you, which like the game makes you think is like maybe happening, maybe not, whatever. Uh, and then I think it's at the end of the second stage, he escapes and basically then uh, the ICA has found out where you are, the group that you technically work for, and they uh, then come after you. So then you are basically trying to still kill the people from Providence while also going against the ICA because they want to kill you for some reason. Uh, And at the end of the second map, uh, your partner, uh, Lucas Gray, is killed. uh, And then 47 wants revenge, but he can't get a hold of Diana Burnwood. So you work with the handler that uh, Lucas Gray was working with. And uh, you that Berlin level, you go against the ICA, which mm-hmm. actually I really like that level. Um, you go against the ICA and then you go to China and basically you're trying to work your way up to figuring out if Diana betrayed you or not. And mm-hmm. it, it, the game makes it seem like she did because uh, she is basically in line to become the next constant for Providence. Um, but her double double plan mm-hmm. is that she is going to do that and then take down Providence from the inside. Yes. And so, and then in the second to last stage, she uses 47 to do that basically. Um, and then at the end, she basically was what she does is she gets 47 captured. Yes. Uh, and then put on the train, which is the very last stage. Yes, so that um, he can kill the constant, basically. Yes. So then, he, so uh, then you're basically put in the same area as the constant. So then you're able to just kind of go in and kill the constants. Yes. Did you kill him? Yes. I did not. I Ooh. made him forget. How, how did you make him forget? Uh, there is the briefcase that has the serum in it that he tries to have you take, but Mm. you just pick it up and you stab him in the neck with it. Oh, and then he doesn't remember who he is, but that still counts Mm. as winning. So then he just doesn't know anything, which I guess like that. I mean, you're supposed to do that a few different times anyways, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then there's the stuff that they go through in between where it's like, yeah, hit me, hit me on agent 47. Uh, he, was basically part of this experimental thing from this doctor who his name, I can never remember uh, Ortmeier, I believe his name was. Yeah, I think so. Uh, And they gave them basically the serum that would make them have no emotions so that they could be the perfect killers. But like, it didn't go correctly. Mm. And you find out that 
47 and uh, Lucas were able to escape the facility, but 47 gave himself up so that Lucas could actually get out. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, in Hitman 2. So right. then like 47 regains his memories of all that stuff over the course of Hitman 2. Now there's a reference to like, sorry about your family to like, what, what was that about? Oh, so he, 47 killed Diana Burnwood's family. Okay, I kind of got that feeling. Um, so the whole the whole thing was she the reason she was doing any of this and wanted to go against Providence was because she wanted to find out who killed her family mm-hmm. because her parents were involved in Providence, I guess. Uh, and then they like so they showed the scene where her parents die once, and then the next time they show it, it's forty seven who killed them. Right. I would... and she like knew that and like sort of figured it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that happens in Hitman 2. And it's really weird because for the first game, they were owned by Square and right. those cut those cutscenes are fully animated and look incredible. Then for 2, they had gone independent and got WB to publish it and so all the cutscenes were like stop motion like comic scenes. Okay, and then for three, they self-published, and so they had fully animated cutscenes again, but they're right. not as good as the ones from the first game. Mm. And so it's just really weird where like each one has a different style of cutscene. <laughs> yeah, and I still think that's fucking bizarre. But the first one still has the best like animated cutscenes mm. because they were just able to pay a fuckload of money to have a studio do that. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Also, they had more time to work on each cutscene because of mm. the way the the developmental cycle was that for that. I assume yeah, as well. Yeah. That probably helped. Yep. Um, do you want to just kind of go through all the six stages, and we'll just kind of talk about each one? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can totally do that because, like, now we can just freely talk about each mm-hmm. one and not worry about any spoilers. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first the first map is the Dubois, Dubai, which is mm-hmm. basically just like a giant hotel. Yes. Um. I thought this one it's a good good just kind of jumping off point into um into Hitman 3 I think it uh, I think it might be my least favorite of the six. Oh, really? I love it so much. Oh, really? I, so I've done it a bunch of times mm. and I've done almost everything you can do in it. Okay. And this is the one where like I think it is most evident that it is different from Hitman 1 and 2 mm. because in those ones you have like six story missions or mission stories to follow. Right. Whereas in this, there are still so many things like those old mission stories, but they just don't tell you about them. Uh, like for example, you, one of the two guys told his daughter he was dead so that like he couldn't be found and you can actually like help him meet up with his daughter and then they are alone and you can kill him like that. <laughs> and so like, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other guy, the like older guy, you can like impale him on a statue in his room. Uh, you can like find an evacuation card and make everyone evacuate from the tower. And then they, parachute away but you can shoot their parachutes to kill them oh like there there are just so many things they don't tell you about and i think Mm -hmm. that's really cool just like going around to explore it i mean all the stages have stuff like that yes but i think the ones in dubai are like the most varied and weird oh okay i i guess i just haven't you've dived into this game much more than i have so like surface level i didn't i thought like the other ones were just a little bit more interesting Mm -hmm. but it, it seems like if you dive a little deeper it does have some more interesting aspects yeah, so the my favorite one so far is like you know the art exhibit. 
Yes. Where there's like the fake sun or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you follow the one guy around, he keeps complaining that it's not bright enough. And so you can get a fuse for that area and then he'll be like, oh, it's so bright. And then you can turn off the limiter on it. And then the sun is so bright and so hot that he dies from it. (laughs) (laughs) And that I love because you like watch him through this one way glass. Uh, and just everybody is like, what the fuck is happening? And they still have no idea it's you. And mm. It's awesome. Interesting. So, so I'll, de- I'll definitely like, this is a game that I'll keep popping back into and just kind of playing a level here and there and just kind of leveling up and getting that. I, Cause I definitely do want to see more of this game. Cause I've only played about probably seven hours so far. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but no, I, I mean, it, it, I guess, as I said, to me, it was just like the least interesting, but like all, the, all the maps, I will say like have a very interesting style and very unique, like style and feel to them. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, the next one I think is my favorite, and it's, oh, it is also my favorite I, by a large margin, and, and that's uh, the the UK Dartmoor, uh, yes, uh, which is basically just like a murder mystery, as mm-hmm. you're just kind of like walking around trying to solve solve a murder, but then you're also trying to murder someone as you're mm-hmm. solving, like you, which I guess that's just one of the challenges, and that's the challenge I wound up doing is the the murder mystery one. Yeah. So what I like about that one is you can actually figure out who killed uh the person yes uh you can pin it on the butler yep and you can say that he committed suicide mm-hmm. and i have not pinned it on the butler or said that he committed suicide but i assume that changes things uh yes um some of the the other mission stories in that one though i think are so funny okay uh, they, they're, they're all pretty good then yeah so the the three mission stories that they let you do one is uh, Alexa Carlisle is the person that you are supposed to kill and she wants yes. to take a family photo. Mm. And so you can become the photographer and then call everyone over there, but she sits on a metal chair uh, in the middle. And so you can turn on a faucet so that water gets under the metal chair and then you can expose wires for from where the camera is. And so what happens is they're like, okay, take the picture. You take it. She gets electrocuted on the chair and it like takes a picture of her like cartoon style where you can like see her bones <laughs> and they still don't suspect you. And I think that's so good. You just walk away like it's like whatever. Um, and then the other one is because she had faked her own death or like told her family she was dead. They they still want to go through with the funeral. So you basically, she just goes to check out to make sure that the funeral is up to her standards and you just push her in her own grave. Okay. And I just think that's amazing. Yeah, that is. That's pretty good too. Uh, And just so like the thing I wanted to do, which they actually added yesterday in an update was have a challenge to kill all of the family members. Mm. And they added that yesterday. So there is a new escalation to kill all the family members. Uh, and so I'm probably going to do that after this podcast. Oh. So that that's, that I am excited about as well. Yeah, because that one, it's just like it's it's just like a giant mansion, and then like some of the grounds, mm-hmm. uh, and it is it's a very it just feels it's I think one of the smaller maps, not counting the last one. Yeah, but like what I like about that is like each room has like unique stuff in it, yes. and like it just feels very like. Uh, 
concentrated content basically instead of just like a bunch of wide buildings like there's like the trophy room where you can like take a bunch of antique rifles from there and do stuff you can find all kinds of weird shit in the greenhouse you can make poison which Mm. is how emma was going to try to kill uh, Alexa Carlisle because she was the one who actually did the murder that you're investigating mm-hmm. um, and you can help her by making more poison so that she kills Alexa Carlisle <laughs> and like I think that's wild as well yeah. like so there's just so many ways you can do this and it, I, so the other weird thing is like even after you kill Alexa you still have to get data on the constant yes. um, which is easy enough because I now have the code to the safe that that is in memorized so if you get the right costume you could just walk up to the safe and put it in 1975 and take it uh but even that like they uh there's another part that i haven't done yet but she apparently gives a coin to the butler and to another one of her kids and if you get both of those coins you can put them in somewhere and get another copy of it oh interesting like there's just so much stuff or like uh, there's a bunch of secret passageways in the mansion, right? There are. Yes. And if you get the bulldog cane from one of the rooms, you can then use all those secret passages yourself mm. very easily. And it just like, yeah, I don't know. There's just so much stuff to discover. And like, that's why I like all of these levels so much. Yeah. I, that, that one definitely felt uh, the most unique of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one was uh chunking kind of uh, chunk. Chung Queen. King. No, the, the the next one is Berlin, actually. You're right. It's Berlin. Because this is just like this is kind of like the the party or the um, the nightclub, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so this uh, one is weird because this is after 47 had been quote unquote betrayed and Lucas yes. dies. And so it's basically you have to your goal is to kill five ICA agents, but you don't know who they are. Yes. So you have to like go around and wait for them to talk on their earpiece or just kill people at random i guess until you find them uh and so that i thought was interesting because it's like a twist on how these maps usually work uh i think there are 10 total agents oh really yeah so you can find a bunch of them but this one also works differently when you do it uh from the destinations menu and not from the story Mm. uh when you do it the other way all of the agents are marked on the map so oh, you okay. know you know where they are and so that way you can do more of the uh the challenges do more of the challenges and stuff and the challenges of this one are fucking wild because like it is a huge like club playing edm music so there's yes. like a dj set going on but then outside of that there's like a garage where a biker gang mm-hmm. is like packing drugs yeah they, they have like a whole drugs operation which makes sense it would be right next to the club because i assume it does i assume they're probably going to the club and selling there mm-hmm. uh but yeah um so I, yeah, you like you can become the DJ and like control the music. There is this weird tree <laughs> up top that you can like set on fire and then it will like catch the agents on fire. It, it's so but there are so many weird things in this one. This is one of the ones that I did not as many times uh, just because I didn't realize that it was different if you did it the non-story way okay yeah that does make me like more likely to go back and play the replay this one again because like otherwise like it just feel like i was walking around aimlessly just trying to yeah. like, find people yeah so like it, it marks specific people and there, mm. there are easier ways and like events to take out specific people so. okay so they, so they like that they, they just did something different for the story but like for the actual like if you want to play hitman 
uh, they they did a better job. So that that has me a little bit more excited for for the game for for mm-hmm. like this level then. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so then the next one is Chongqing China, which yes. the only reason I know how to say that is because I've been playing Genshin Impact, which is a Chinese game, and QI is a chi sound in uh in chinese for some reason uh and i know you really like this one because it's all neon oh it's so sick and this map is wild too because there i think there are two buildings i never even went into it's huge in it it's huge so like there is basically you are trying to get into um like a secret facility an ica facility uh, so that you can basically erase your existence from the ICA database. Right. And <laughs> it's just so weird because it's like, it's being hidden inside a restaurant. So like, I just, it's, it's so it? funny because yeah, because so many things Wait. in this fucking game are so stupid. It's not really in the restaurant. It was in the, I thought I had to go into like the storage units. No, so you do go into the storage units, but that's why there are so many people in chef's costumes there is because they, quote unquote, go to work at the restaurant. And that is right out back of the restaurant. Yes. Yes. So like you hear you when you eavesdrop on anyone, they're always like, I don't get why we have to wear these fucking chef costumes because everyone's got to know that we're not all chefs <laughs> there's like 900 chefs around here like people have to know and so like that's how you find out that if you get that costume it's a lot easier to access it right. um the main mission story i think the one they want you to do first is where the some ica bigwig is coming to tour the facility yes and so you can like become him and then they'll just give you a tour of the facility um this one is weird because the ending is always the same, even when you do it not in the story way. And it's like you have to find a way to get into the core of the facility to fuck with the server. And then like it overloads and everything's on fire. Mm-hmm. And so I know you had said before that you ended up killing a bunch of people on your way out. Um, yeah, that's how I like on my way out. I just grabbed a gun and I just gunned everybody down. Yeah, so you can do that. There are like ways you can climb through so that people don't see you and mm. then you just end up leaving. Uh, I only did this one, I think, two or three times, not as many as I did most of the other ones. Uh, but it is still, it's super cool. And there are a lot of challenges that I can't wait to figure out how to do. Um, this one also uses the camera more than a lot of the other stages, which they don't use super often, but there are a lot of locks that can be undone with the camera in this level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and also like the way to like close some doors and stuff, you just use the camera to just like close Mm -hmm. like the doors and stuff. Yeah. So like a lot of the, there are a bunch of like, there are like three levels of clearance and then you, once you have those, you can go into the grates and you can do all kinds of wild shit while you're doing that. Um, so yeah, the, and the facility is huge. There is like a big apartment building. There is the restaurant. Uh, there is, mm-hmm. I think another building. Yeah. You have so, to go into the, like if you do that story mission, you have to go into another building. Oh, and go yes. Into the hotel room. Yes. Uh, there is also, I forgot the, like they are trying to do a weird experiment in a different building where there's like, there's, it's almost like they're oh, trying yep. to enter VR. Mm-hmm. And that whole area is fucking wild as well. Yeah, because like that's full of doctors and stuff. Because mm-hmm. that's where one of the the people you have to kill is. 
Yeah, and you you can uh, you like they want homeless people because mm-hmm. their whole thing is like they believe they can control people with brain impulses. Did you do that mission story? I did. Yes. Okay, that one is crazy because yeah. then you're like in the chair across from the dude, yeah. and you 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 kill him because forty seven is like stronger minded than he is. It's <laughs> it is wild. Yep. It is buck wild. Because like um, I, I found like I found the the homeless and they were like, oh, they're looking and I was like, okay, this seems like the perfect story mission. So I just became a homeless man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although and it was kind of a pain because that was one that it was like, hey, find the entrance. And I was like, oh boy, I gotta go wander around and find this. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh the next one, uh Mendoza, Argentina. This is like a like a very luxury high-end party happening i love this stage i yeah i was gonna say this is this is another really great stage yeah so the first mission story that i did in this one i love and it is because there are snipers there Mm -hmm. and they are meant to protect people that are there but you can steal the spotter's earpiece Mm -hmm. and tell them to shoot anything (laughs) So, like, it doesn't matter where you are. As long as they can see what you are near, you can tell them, target this. And so, like, there are a bunch of, like, watermelons around the stage, and you can have them, like, blow up the watermelons and shit. But basically, like, you just have them fucking follow you to one of the people and just say, all right, shoot them. Mm-hmm. And then they just blow away the target. <laughs> and they, they, like, they don't even question it. And I was like, okay, this is fucking awesome. Because you can just do such dumb shit. Uh, and then there's, like the winery and you can go in there and like sabotage the wine stuff. There is like secret passages in there for to like a secret facility and you can kill people there. It, this stage is buck wild. Yeah. I did the story mission where you become the sommelier or whatever it's called. Oh, I did not do this one because I was too slow. Oh, okay. So like if they start the tour, I, you can't do it after that yeah i went through the whole tour and then oh, okay yep uh and then you just kind of go around showing like everything like the, like showing everything in the winery and then okay i have a question about this when mm-hmm. you are showing them the stuff in the winery does he do it in a way that makes it sound like oh this would be great to kill someone yeah, that's exactly how he does it Every, okay okay he, he, at one point he's like you could store a lot of bodies in here and i was yes like, mm-hmm. so there is a stage in two that is in like rural virginia mm-hmm. and you you become a real estate agent and there are 11 rooms in the house. And so basically the guy is only looking for a safe that's in the basement. So you can just take him right there, but you can go to every room in the house and 47 will say something about it. And a challenge is to do all 11. Right. And so like, no matter what room it is, he'll just like think of something and it'll be related to killing. Mm -hmm. And the guy will always be like, okay, that's weird. Mm -hmm. That's not really what I'm looking for. <laughs> and so I figured the wine tour would be something similar. I yes. I can't wait to do that. I love that shit. You you will have to do it cuz like <laughs> everything like I was I was giggling uh, at some of the stuff and when he was like mentioning like you can store a lot of dead bodies in here. I was just like, "Okay, yep." Yeah, and so oh, in the house one and two, the, one of the rooms someone got murdered in. Mm-hmm. So there is blood on the floor, like a blood stain, but it's like brown because it's been there a long time. The right. guy's like, oh, what's this from? And 47 perfectly describes the scene. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he must have been cut from this angle on his neck and the blood sprayed over here or whatever. And the guy's just like, 
how the fuck do you know this? And he's just like, just context clues. I'm going to school for forensics. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I, yeah, I just love how they don't take any of it seriously yeah, at all. Yeah, like, yeah. it is so stupid. <sighs> and then the final stage, I think, is very interesting. We mentioned mm-hmm. it's the, the train, which it's uh, Romania. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of like, it's very linear. You're going from point A to point B. And you're just trying to sneak your way through uh, and, like, get to the end. Um, but, like, I, I – unfortunately, like, n- none of the uh, the costumes are that great for just kind of sneaking around and you do have yeah. to kind of kill. But, I mean, it's per- it's purposely designed that way as well, I think. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you did this, but I, would, I was constantly, like, like, hopping out the windows and then climbing on top and then just kind of, like, sneaking my way through that. Yeah, so that's what I did. But you can also because uh, these stages have like Dark Souls style shortcuts that you can open to make Mm, things easier. Uh, There are a couple that you can open in that stage to make it a lot easier. But also like, yeah, I climbed out the windows because that's just easier. Right. But if you take out guys, you can get keys to just walk right through. But Mm. then sometimes people in the cars will recognize you. So it's just easier to go uh, the other way. Right. Um, I saw a lot of people say they don't like this stage just because of how linear it is. And it like goes against what the rest of this franchise is. But like for the, because of what it is like in the conclusion of the story, quote unquote, I think it works for that. I also like it just, you you have to be good at it like i I don't know like you can there's definitely paths to sneak all the way through like this was the first mission where i actually got silent assassin because it's i did not kill anyone and no one saw me either and so like that i think is really cool because it was like oh this is a stage where it's like the path to do that is very clear right so i like that and it doesn't have as much mastery as the all the other stages of twenty levels of mastery. This one only has five. It, this one, this one is not made to replay a ton. Um, no, so like I think if I replayed it one more time, I would complete all the challenges, right? Or mo- most of them, because I still technically have never killed the target. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because like it's weird if you go into the challenges, it'll say target zero out of one because I did not. But right, right. It's just strange. Um. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I just like that stage. And it, it's one of those things where because Hitman 1 and 2 are also in it for me and like I have all that progress and can bring things in, I think it's so cool that it is basically now just like one big game. Yeah, it is. Uh, and like I am going through and trying to do as many challenges as I can on the stages to get mastery because the... Um, the elusive targets are going to start coming out in a couple weeks and I want to try to do those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the escalations on stages I had never tried to do. And I find those to be very interesting. And now uh, I like this game so much that I actually paid the extra $35 to get the collector's edition because for some reason, the escalations in three, you can't play a lot of them unless you buy that. Uh, and now they are also adding escalations to that every month. So at the end of February, uh, there is an escalation on the train, except the rewards you get are ninja costumes mm. uh, and a katana. So basically, you literally look like uh, Storm Shadow and the other ninja from G.I. Joe. 
And so like there are specifically missions where you use those costumes to like ninja people to death and that's fucking tight. And so I was like, I'll pay $35 to do the rest of this stuff, especially if they're going to keep releasing more to it each month. Right. Um, and they have said that they're not going to do new DLC stages, but they are going to try to do some of the stuff like they did with one and two, where they repurpose and redo a lot of the stages that already exist. Uh, so like the, in one, they redo Sapienza and make it a movie set. Like they're going to do that kind of stuff Ooh, for these. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm in for that and I still didn't do the bonus campaign for Hitman one that a lot of people says say is very good. I did not do any of the bonus missions for Hitman two. And I also did not do the second DLC stage. So like there is still so much new content I could do, but then outside of that, like just finding the challenges I find to be really fun being like oh how can i make it so that i kill both of them underneath the chandelier or how can i make sure i kill them all with ninjas throwing stars shit like that like they just make some of the challenges so dumb and fun that i enjoy figuring them out uh so like this is i am i will probably be playing this game for a long time that's what i'm saying hey worth the purchase then worth the purchase and like i had only played hitman one and two the past couple weeks right so like I still don't feel burned out on this yet. So it's because it's basically just like I've played one game for like a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um now since you've been playing this a lot and you've been on a Hitman run, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on doing maybe like a top 10 Hitman list next week? I could do that. I uh, like we'll just I do like the top 10 like maps or something like that. Yeah. I could definitely do that out of all three. Yeah. yeah we'll just, we'll do all three, which I didn't play to, mm-hmm. but I know Miami is a very good Miami rules. Uh, like I, I actually like most of the stages in two. I think even the last one is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. You can get in a suit of armor and you can take a lot more bullets when you are in the suit of armor. Oh, I'm sure. And one of the challenges is there are empty pedestals where you can like freeze And one of the challenges is to freeze on all eight of those pedestals. Hmm. And let me tell you what, people become immediately hostile when they see you walking around in the night costume. That is very, (laughs) very difficult. Uh, But there's so many stupid challenges like that. Or like Mm -hmm. in the first one, in, in the final stage, you can find the Kill Bill jumpsuit and get a katana. And there are like eight challenges that are basically just like do like sick kills from Kill Bill. Oh, which one? it's from hitman one had the plague doctor yes i uh uh-huh i can't remember which stage that was i think it's sapienza but yeah like that that is awesome as well i killed a bunch of people as the plague doctor yeah like there there are just so many fucking stupid things one of one of the other kills that i really liked uh in dubai and hitman 3 is i did find the explosive golf ball uh but it was really hard to get the guy down there So I figured out that he is trying to get work done in his room. And so if you turn on the vacuum outside of his room enough, he'll be like, I told you guys to fucking keep quiet. God damn it. And then he'll leave and go down to his study. Mm -hmm. And if you keep turning on the radio, he will fucking freak out and say, I can't work under these conditions. I'm going to play golf. And then you fucking tee up the explosive golf ball and he smashes it and dies. And I was like, that was just a fun thing to figure out like that. I I thought was really cool. The one thing I cannot find is you can escape in the helicopter on Dubai. And I don't know where the helicopter key is, Hmm. but I I can't find it. I have made myself the, uh, the pilot 
before, but he does not have the key. So that's weird. But yeah, there's just a, there's a bunch of dumb shit like that. And like, I definitely didn't go back and play a lot of the Hitman two stages very many times. So like, there's still so much stuff I could figure out in those. Right. Yeah, it's just weird. And like the more mastery you get, the more dumb shit you unlock. Like I have a fucking gold bar that I can bring with me on missions to chuck at people. I have a literal Napoleon Bonaparte bomb. It's just like a little Napoleon and you can kill people with that. You can get a whole bunch of those ducks. I have used the banana to great effect uh, because you can just put that down like a mine and they'll slip on it. And I love that. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. And even now that I have gotten like better at it and have figured out how to do some of the stuff, like I can bring sniper rifles with me into stages and like do shit like that. If you find like a good vantage point and things like that, I there are just so many ways to do things. And I just like the creativity it allows, I guess. I mean, that's the whole point of the game. I mean, it, yeah, that's that's the whole point of the game, which is why I didn't really like them as much before is because it's just like. I don't know. It didn't feel as freeform as this stuff. I think the technology is finally caught up, caught up to everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, because of how much I like these games, it makes me so, so, so excited for their James Bond game. Oh yeah. Because like, just think about like the stupid fucking gadgets that James Bond has. Like it could be so fun. And just like going on like dumbass spy missions and using a laser watch or an explosive pen, which you can also get in, uh, in Hitman like just stuff like that i mm. there there is so much cool stuff that they could do with that game and i i don't know like yeah i'm I'm gonna try to do a lot of the escalations to see if i can unlock other dumb shit and like i'm gonna keep playing so. uh, yeah yeah and i, I definitely as i said I'll, I'll probably play it like once or twice a week i just you know yeah uh-huh. so far my game of the year 2021 because it's the only new 2021 that's game i've true. played that's not true i played bell and wonderland oh fuck i played uh, cyber shadow i played cyber shadow damn well it's still the game of the year at this point well you haven't finished cyber shadow so it doesn't count yet right uh, that's true i have not for not yet uh but either way i think i'd like hitman a lot more than right cyber shadow but yeah i don't know like i i am upset that i did not play hitman one and two when they came out is my takeaway from this it seems like it's worked out because it's been perfect to just play all three in the same month though yeah i mean that that definitely is true but i just feel bad because it was like i would have supported io uh, are you happy in retrospect that it won get giant bombs game of the year the year it came out oh yeah definitely uh hitman one did hitman yeah yeah did. and i loved watching all the giant bomb content mm-hmm. for that they are doing a lot of hitman 3 content which i also love uh Vinny is doing a new feature where he tries to beat all of hitman 3 in under an hour Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so he just goes in so loud and I like that. And now they have changed it to the hit amazing race mm. where he races Brad <laughs> to try to see who can do it in under an hour. Uh, so far they only did the first three stages and they're like trying to like talk to each other about it. And then they're going to go for a full race after that. Uh, but Vinny also believes that they can then race through Hitman one and two in the same way. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. I love watching people play Hitman, and I love playing, it so like that is it's just so much fun i don't know it's so stupid that like i i have a lot of fun with it and like i i even ended up liking the story quite a bit even though it's just like a stupid like oh no the illuminati are bad and we're killing them and we're a hitman 
but I, I don't know. Like I, I came to think like, I like 47 as a character. I think his backstory is interesting. Not that they give that much to that in these games. It's right. like just enough for me to be like, Oh, I am interested in this and want to see where it's going. And then at the end of this game, they like set it up so that he is technically still a hitman and working with Diana. So there could be more in the future, but IO specifically had said that they are going to take a break uh, because they are working on James Bond, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I bet they'll make another new IP after, after James Bond. I don't think they'll go right back to Hitman. So, um, yeah, probably not, which I Hope, mean, hopefully they don't make Kane and Lynch three. Um, that would be odd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's that's what I've got yeah. at least about Hitman. I don't know how much more I have to say. Uh, no, I think that probably is probably a good place to stop. And then, as I said, so now just start thinking about your your favorite uh, Hitman levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, there's only what probably eighteen to twenty. Uh, yeah, six per game plus two DLC. So so twenty total. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, definitely enough to make a top ten list. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm guessing Colorado will not be on either of our lists. Oh man, it's such a bummer. I that map has such cool story revelations, and then everything else about it is just like I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not all of them are going to be great, though. I think that's the only stage that I like didn't like, though. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can't say anything negative about any of the stages in in uh in three. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think that'll probably do it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Unless you have anything uh, you'd like to say. No, I think that that's going to do it. Um, as always, the theme song is Sting Operation by the band Anamanaguchi. Excellent chiptune band. You should check them out. Uh, but we will catch you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs>